Good morning, church family. You'll notice that there is no junior worship release slide because we're letting the children stay in here with us for the service, which I think is appropriate given what we'll be doing today. We have a, a children's ministry wall of the table there, and there's a basket on the table. There's crayons, there's pencils, and there are notes that the kids can uh, fill in the blanks of listen. They have to listen to what we're doing, or there's also, there are all age appropriate. So if you didn't get one of those, you're welcome to go and pick one up. Tad, did you stay in here? Who did the guy that just did communion? So he was wearing a white bracelet. Perhaps you noticed he normally doesn't. That white bracelet is what fathers wear when their children are in the hospital. Their little boy, Wilhelm. And I was asking Karen how old Wilhelm is, too. Um, he, he went into the emergency room last night. He spent the night in the hospital. And so I wanted just to pray for Tad. Uh, during our prayer time at the end of the service, I'm assuming he's on his way back to the hospital. But if, he's, if he comes back in, one of our shepherds will be sure and look for him. We also want to make you aware, if we'll go back to our offering slide. I'm sorry, Richard, I'm confusing you a bit. One very important aspect of our worship is our offering that we bring to the Lord. And we want to make you aware of four different ways that you can present your offering to the Lord. You can mail a check to the, our church address. You can go uh, online to our website on the web, uh, homepage. There's a very quick and easy way to follow the instructions there. You can do a bank draft through your bank. Or if you're here with us in person, you can drop your contribution off in the basket at the table as you leave. And for those of you that are not here in person but are with us on live stream, we're ab <clears throat> absolutely, my voice is a little bit, scratch you today. We're absolutely delighted to have you uh, with us, uh, certainly in this way. We recently began a series in the Gospel of Luke about four or five weeks ago. And the Gospel of Luke basically is just telling the story of Jesus Christ, telling the Gospel. But I want you to understand that the purpose of us going through you can go to the next slide now. That was my fault. The purpose of us going through this series of Luke is not simply to tell a story, but it's to, to pull us or to, to draw us into that story because it's a live story. So the purpose is to take those of us who are, are not followers of Jesus and bring us into the story of Jesus that we may place our faith in him. And then for those of us who are followers of Jesus to, to motivate us and to call us to reach out to others in other places of the world or in our own community to help others know Christ in a saving way. That's the theme all throughout the Gospel of Luke. And as we work our way through Luke, if you miss that theme, then I've done a horrible job of preaching or you've done a horrible job of listening. It is the purpose of Luke's Gospel is to lead us in that direction. As we're going to see in our Advent series, uh, as we continue in it next week, as Christ the child was born, he is called in chapter 2 the one who would bring a knowledge of salvation and forgiveness of sins. As we'll see in chapter, I believe is in chapter 4, as Jesus is beginning his adult ministry, he opens up the scroll of Isaiah and he proclaims that his ministry is one to proclaim the good news. And then you move into chapter 5 and you see how Jesus calls his first followers, his disciples, and he calls them to be fishers of men. And we're going to see as we work our way all the way through the Gospel of Luke that the rest of Luke is about Jesus by his teaching and by his example, equipping and training his followers for this mission. Referring to himself, I think it's in chapter 19, 
as the Son of Man, we read in Luke, in, in Luke of Jesus' words, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That was Jesus' purpose for coming, and it is the life purpose of all who are followers of Jesus. Listen, if your purpose in life is not seeking and saving the lost, you may be a Christian according to the contemporary American culture definition of a Christian, but you're not a follower of Jesus because Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. That's where Luke is seeking to take us in his gospel. And so as he brings the whole message, we're going to see as we get to chapter 24 to an end, it all culminates in these words as Jesus is preparing to depart. He says to his disciples, repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. And then he says, beginning... From Jerusalem. It's not a missionary, somebody who goes to a foreign nation, but it begins right here where you are, Jesus says. And he says to them, You are witnesses of these things. Matthew has a parallel account as he's standing on the other corner listening, and he writes down Jesus' words in this way Go and make disciples of all nations. That, that's the mission of our church to make disciples of all nations, bringing those who don't know Jesus Christ as Savior to a place of faith and being baptized into Christ, as Kendi did this morning. As a, another man yesterday who's been coming to our assemblies made a decision to give his life to Christ in baptism as well. But it doesn't stop there, but it's, it's a process of then, in turn, growing to the point where I began sharing my faith that others too may become followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. And so that's the theme of Luke. And so in keeping with that theme, we have Nathan Holland who is with us this morning. Nathan is our missionary to, to Angola, Africa. And Nathan is a, a living example of someone who is living out the very purpose of the mission of Jesus Christ in Angola. And because of our partnership and support of Nathan, we, we, we're a part of that. Nathan wasn't able to be here with us when we had our mission Sunday that was about, I think, four or five or six weeks ago. And he had to come to the States for a, some crazy stuff. The banks had put, pretty much shut down bank transfers. And so in order to secure the finances for his family, he was able to, to get to the States. And, I, and Nathan and I talked. He said, Eddie, I'm going to be in the States. And, I, and he had something he wanted to share with you. And I said, well, we'd love for you to come, but I want you to do more than just share. He has an incredible opportunity of how we can partner with him and his ministry. But I, I, I asked Nathan, I wanted him to do more than that. I wanted us, because some, some of us are new and we're not sure who this guy Nathan is. We're not even sure where in the world Angola is or what his ministry is. So I wanted him to come and share that with us today. And I just want to tell you this. I cannot overstate the importance of Nathan being here with us today. As a, as a person who served as a missionary also overseas for many years, I can tell you firsthand how meaningful and how important it is that a church not just send financial support, but that missionary feel loved and feel connected and feel encouraged by it and, and feel supported by it and feel in, in partnership with the, the sending church. 
So Nathan is going to share with us, you're going to see at the end, this incredible opportunity for us to take the gospel of Luke and not just be hearers of Luke, but to be doers of Luke. He's going to share with us a very hands-on way that we can make disciples, literally, of all nations by partnering with him in his ministry in Angola. But before he does that, who is Nathan? <laughs> and who is Amoyo and Phoebe and Anna? Where is Angola? What's been going on? And so I just wanted to, to briefly kind of touch on that before we give you a hands-on way that you can be a part of, of, of the work there in Angola. So Nathan, we just want to start out by asking you to maybe introduce yourself to those of us who don't know you and especially your incredible family. Yeah, so I'm Nathan Holland. Um, it is such a blessing to be here. I, um, I was in Richmond, Virginia on my way back to D.C. and thought, you know, I'll swing by and see my family in Colorado. Yeah, it's, it's on the way. <laughs> swing by, right? Um, no, and, and I, like, as the service was starting, uh, I came around and I was just giving people hugs that I saw. If I didn't get you, uh, if you want a hug, I would love to give you one. And I'll be over at that booth over there. Um, come see me, and um, I would love to, to see you and reconnect. Um, I'm just here today. I'm leaving tomorrow and head back to, um, to D.C. to fly out uh, to be with my family. Uh, you can go back to the slide of my family. Don't I have the most beautiful family? <laughs> um, so my wife, Umoyo, she's originally from Zambia. Um, and then Anna and Phoebe. Um, Anna is the oldest. She's five. And Phoebe is three. Anna likes to say, um, I'm American because of dad. I'm Zambian because of mom. And I'm Namibian because of me. Because she was born in, in Namibia. Um, but yeah, that's my family. And uh, I can't wait to bring them back here uh, to see you. Um, I'm not sure when that'll happen. But um, let's see, you asked about my family. No, I think girls had something they want to say. Oh, that's oh, right. Man. Yeah. The girls want to say hi. So if you, if you know their story and the challenge that they faced, to see those two children should bring tears to your eyes. And so that's their family. So Nathan, let's back up even before then, because there's some folks sitting out there I'm hoping are going to think, man, maybe I should be a missionary. What is it that, that hit you? What is it that sparked you and said, that's it, I'm going to be a missionary? What drove you to that decision? So it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint one exact thing that, but by the time I went to, to college at Harding University, like I already, that was, you know, I assumed that I was going to be a missionary. Um, and one of the key things was just my parents. They had always intended to be missionaries in Australia. Um, it didn't work out for them. My dad joined the military and... Um, they always saw the military as their mission field. Um, and we were always, as a child, I, I saw that. They modeled that. 
and um, that was just their approach to life. Um, and But another thing is when I was in third grade, I don't know how many people here remember Penny Atwell, uh, just a very few of you probably, but she was my third grade teacher at PPCS over there. And she just made an offhand comment one time. She said, Nathan, I think you would be a good missionary. And I don't, she doesn't remember saying that. You know, I, like I, I don't even remember the context, but she just made that comment and it stuck. And it had, I think, a profound influence for the rest of my life. And so, like, I just want to emphasize to you, I'm a big fan of PPCS, uh, and that's one of the reasons. But, but also, you just, you don't know what kind of impact you're having on, on children by the words you use. Words are powerful, and uh, words can change lives. And so... So the world is a big, 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 big place. And how in the world did you go, well, I want to go to Angola. So how did, how did that decision, I kind of get how you decided to be a missionary. How did you make the decision, this is where I want to be? Okay, so if you look up, up there, you can see Angola. It's the orange-ish country there. Um, and, uh, I mean, basically, uh, nobody else was to Angola like I didn't know anybody any like it was just off of everyone's radar completely but not only that um, somebody once challenged me to um, as I was thinking about a future in missions he said and it was John Reese for those of you who know John Reese he said look for where God is working and just follow God there. And he, he said that, and he also said um, countries that have, have been through long periods of war and devastation, there's often a window that opens up after, after they go through hard times. And he wasn't talking about Angola. He wasn't, you know, but as I looked at the map, Angola just really stood out. And back in 2002, the war ended all of a sudden. And what war? So back in 1975, uh, Angola, um, actually, I'm sorry, even before that, they, they started fighting for independence from Portugal. So Angola is a, was a Portuguese colony, and they speak Portuguese. Probably 95% of the population speaks Portuguese as their first language. Um, they wanted their independence from Portugal. Portugal was ruled by a dictator at the time. He didn't want to give them their freedom. They fought and fought and fought. Finally got their independence in 75. And then uh, the kind of the different independence movements began fighting each other for control. The war lasted until 2002. And it was actually kind of a series of wars, one on top of another. And uh, so just over 40 years of internal war within the country and so it left the country devastated and um, while I was in college the the war ended and that's when we started looking at Angola. So your team went there in 2011 this is 2021 we don't have time to do it all but what's happened from that point to now? 
so, a very brief way. Yeah. So, so basically, our, our focus has been on discipleship and church planting. And just to kind of summarize that into two basic uh, main ministries that we focused on. One is what we call Renovu. It is a, a network of cell churches uh, around the city of Wambu. Um, and it is it currently about eight different cell churches that meet in different homes around the city. And then on Sundays, they come together. Um, and probably around 100 participants at this point and growing very, very rapidly. Um, and so that's, that's what we call Renovu, um, uh, which kind of means like renewal. Um, and then we have a, a theological training school where we work with an, another network of about 120 different churches that were there before we ever arrived that um, happen to call themselves Churches of Christ. That's a, a whole other story, though. But they invited us to come work with them to train their leaders and do biblical teaching. And so we have uh, church leaders that come from all over the country to, uh, to study at our school. And um, then we also have students in, in Wambu, the city where we live, which is right about in the middle of Angola. So your ministry has been, you know, like you, t- you were telling me yesterday when we were having coffee, if there's a local ministry of a church plant right there in Wambu. And then there's this national ministry of working with churches all over the place, right. training and developing, discipling, discipling. The right, leaders. and so so Texas, to, I mean, not Texas, Angola, to give you an idea, is about twice the size of Texas. So um, working with churches all across the, the country, um, it's, it's quite a task. Okay, and so I think for some of us, a confusing part of your story is for quite a long time, we were here in Namibia, 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 and we're thinking, I thought he went to Angola. Is he in Namibia? Is he in Angola? What's up with that? Kind of help us understand that, because that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a big piece to your life ministry. Right. So for about, so I met my wife, uh, or Umoya, who is now my wife. I met her in 2013 uh, in Namibia, and then we got married at the end of 2013, and for two years, we tried to live in Angola, but she struggled to get a visa. Um, basically, Angola did not want to give her, as a, a Zambian, a visa. And so it eventually became obvious to us, okay, she's going to have to become an American before we can get her a visa. So that really slowed us down in our uh, effort to get established in Angola. And at some point around 2016, uh, we decided instead of back and forth all the time that we should just relocate to, to Namibia. And I was working with a local church in Namibia and working with World Bible School on uh, getting some of their materials uh, available in Portuguese so that we could later use them in Angola, which we're doing now. And um, then... Uh, then in well, 2020, um, I was in Angola getting everything ready for us to come, uh, uh, getting the house ready and everything for Umoyo and the girls to come when COVID happened. I was in Angola, and then... Um, Umoyo and the girls were in Namibia, the border shut down and yeah, all so that. Yeah, so that's, that's like... 
what did you do? You just sat in a house and waited for COVID to go over. How did COVID affect you and how did that impact your ministry? Yeah, so um, when, when I was in Angola, there was no way for me to get back to Namibia. There was no way for Umoyo and the girls to get to Angola. We eventually decided, okay, we can take repatriation flights back to the U.S. At least then we'll be together. And we got here. And it quickly became apparent that there is no telling how long I would be in Angola. So I, you know, wanted to justify my salary. <laughs> you mean how long you'd be in the States? Oh, how long I'd be in the States. Sorry. Yeah. So... I started, because of my work with World Bible School, I'd kind of gotten a taste of sort of the publishing world. And um, so I started working on publishing new material and things that we could use in Angola whenever we got the chance to go back. In the Portuguese language? In Portuguese. Why the Portuguese language? Because Angola is one of five countries, the five countries you see up there. Just make sure there's a little quiz there. <laughs> the five countries that you see, Cabo Verde, Guinea-Bissau, Sao Tome, and Principe Islands, Angola, and Mozambique are what you call Luso Africa. Luso is the Portuguese equivalent of Franco or English Anglo. It just means Portuguese. So Luso Africa is Portuguese-speaking Africa. And these are the five countries that, that speak Portuguese. And Angola is one of them. So you're in the States, you're publishing, you're getting some books translated into Portuguese. Right. And what's this sitting on the table here? Tell us about that. Yeah, so these, in the last 18 months, these are the books that I've been able to publish. So from scratch, except for two of them, were already in, in Brazilian Portuguese. The rest of these were all in English. And I have a translation team, four people working with me to translate these books into Portuguese and, and everything. So uh, basically these are new resources that I'm able to take back with me to Angola that are going to um, be used alongside with our theological school uh, and discipleship efforts and, and stuff and like so, that. And the way you described it, you described it to me a number of times, from this evolved, this organization, this nonprofit called LAMP, which is the organization that translates, publishes, and gets this material out. Right. Um, so since I wasn't in Angola, um, and there are four other countries in Africa that speak Portuguese, it was like, okay, I shouldn't go to all of this effort just for Angola. Let's, let's try and start reaching out to these other nations and make these resources available to the rest of Portuguese-speaking Africa as well. And so... Um, these books that you see right here, um, there's already been a batch that's been sent to Guinea-Bissau. We're working on getting some to Mozambique, and then we'll be printing locally in Angola. And so this ministry that was a local ministry in Wampu with church planting that your team has established, then a national ministry working with 120 churches throughout the nation, now because of COVID... God working through you, and that has become an international ministry, right. um, which these, the Portuguese that's spoken even in Brazil is the same language. So these are books that could be used there as well as the Luso-African yeah. nations. So there's actually two editions because the language is a bit different. So each of these books comes in a Brazilian-Portuguese edition and a what I call international, or some people would call European-Portuguese, which is what's spoken in Africa. So after... 
I'm moving quickly because we're trying to be time conscious after a long time of can he was poised to get into Angola COVID said nope you're not going and finally you got there finally with your family <laughs> it's like I cannot tell you I say finally we've had so many conversations about him getting there finally he's there now that you're back where you originally we wanted you to go to and you're now there what's happening what's the plan what's going on yeah so basically I'm just jumping right back into you know, what I left. So, you know, I'm 100% jumping, you know, back into our ministry with our team and everything. And even as we developed LAMP, it was in conjunction with our teammates on the ground in Angola. And it was created as a, it is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. I happen to be the one who is in the States to be able to push that through and make it happen. Um, And uh, so, it basically it functions as an organization that can help further our ministry and our work um, and help us to share our resources with other countries so and other countries share their resources with us so you're there in angola and you're you're continuing the local work in wambu the national work with these other 120 churches and also the international ministry so it's pretty right. broad work that you're doing yeah um so much more uh for you to say to us yeah. but um other than uh, you getting a check from us each month to support you how can we support you what, what, what do you as a missionary need from us? And I'll just say as a former missionary who used to do what he's doing, and you'd come back to the States, and you do a lot of traveling. That's incredibly expensive. He drove from Virginia to here, and he's going back. And if you've been to the gas swamps, you know how expensive it is. If you even want to go up to him today and say, here's some help for your travels, that would be tremendous. But that's me saying that, not Nathan. Nathan, tell us... Um, how can we partner with you beyond what we're doing right now? Because that's really important. Okay, so I'm going to mention one thing very quickly. In your bulletin, you should have a little brochure pamphlet thing here. Um, and inside, you'll see the catalog, uh, all of these books here that I have up here. Uh, and it actually has the English translations of what those books are. Um, until about two weeks ago, all of these books were literally just files on my computer. Um, files on my computer don't help many people. We need to actually get them into Angolan or Mozambican Christians' hands where they can actually be of use. And it costs, the, the production of one of these books, the translation and everything involved, it's about $12 a page. All of that has been covered, but we still have to print. And so there's a little, what do you call these? The, is it QR code or whatever? Yeah. Um, on, the, on the back of this, you know, take your phone out, take a picture. You guys know how this works. Um, that, that will lead you to a PayPal site. We need help so that we can actually print these books in Angola. We have all of the, you know, we have what we need to do the printing. We just need some funding so that we can actually get started. So... I just want to throw that out there, mention that that is a way that right now you can help our ministry, but that's not what I came to talk to you about today. Um, We are really excited to be partnering with Let's Start Talking. Um, For those of you who are familiar or not familiar with Let's Start Talking, it's basically a program 
where you can now, it's, it's changed in, since COVID, but now it's mostly done online. Um, and basically you connect with an English speaker from somewhere in the world who wants to improve their English, uh, but you do that by reading the Bible with them. No real major agenda, just reading through the Bible, talking about the different words, pronunciation. They may have questions. You can, you know, answer the questions if you know the answer. Or you can say, I don't know. You know, it doesn't matter. The idea is you're getting them reading the word. Um, and uh, so while I was here, I, I actually adopted a student. His name is Adairi too. I think there's a picture of him. This is a dairy too. Um, I adopted him as one of my students while I was here in the States because I was basically trying to see, you know, will this work? When you say adopted, you, you mean like took him on as a student with less yeah. talking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure what the language they use is, you know, if you're a LST person. But um, so I started studying, reading the Bible with a dairy too. Um, and you know, he told me his story. He's a teacher and, you know. Um, eventually it came out that I knew some Portuguese and okay, yeah, I live in Wambu too. He lives in Wambu, the same city where I'm from. And I thought that was cool. Of how many people? About a million. Um, so we, we did it for about seven months. Once I went back to Namibia, it, it just didn't continue. Um, once I got to Angola, I ran into a dairy too. And because Anna and Phoebe... Anna's five, Phoebe's three. We're wanting to put them in a, a preschool slash daycare a, f a few hours a day just to give them some social interaction and to start learning Portuguese. And turns out that a dairy two is going to be Anna's kindergarten teacher. When you say you ran into them, it's not like, hey, I'm coming, let's get together. No, like I went to the school to talk to them about like, okay, I would like to put my kids in this school. Like, wait a minute, do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah um, but that's not all so then you know we reconnected and then he came to me a couple uh, a week or so later and he said you know Nathan I'm getting married and in Angolan culture uh, when you get married you have God like godparents of the marriage they sign the documents you can't even get divorced without their approval so um, it's, a, it's a very important and very, like, you don't just ask anybody. He asked me, and I haven't cleared this with Umoyo yet, so I don't know if it's going to happen. But, but, but he asked me. She's watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by the way, Umoyo. <laughs> he asked me, you know, would you be, uh, would you be our, would, the, would you be my padrinho is, is the word in Portuguese. And it means like a godfather of, of the marriage. And, and basically, like, if there are issues, you know, in the family, you don't go to the family, you go to your godparents. Because, you know, your parents are always going to be on your side. Karen's parents are going to be on her side. You know, so you need to have kind of a neutral people who will fight for the marriage. And so, yeah, uh, that's just kind of a cool story. Um, and then uh, let's move to the next slide. Um, Okay, so this is a picture of Philippe and Chris. So they're a young married couple. My teammates, Danny and Katie, are their godparents, by the way. Um, 
they are trying to plant a church. I don't know how well you can see it, but in this um, in this new urban center, that uh, if if the if the name Lusambu sounds vaguely familiar to you, uh, we tried to plant a church in that area when it was a village. It's not a village anymore, and that church plant failed because it's everybody left because they built that on top of it. Um, but Chris. Uh, Philippe and Chris are trying to plant a church in that community, which has a lot of government officials, a lot of very important people, a lot of educated people, and a lot of people who speak some English and are wanting to improve their English. And they are asking you, Eastside, to partner with them so that they can use LST as a way for them to reach out to that community. LST being Let's Start, Let's start Talking. talking. So we're looking for about, they, they want six LST teachers. I, I, like I said, I don't know all the lingo for those of you who are familiar with LST. But basically six people who will read the Bible with someone who already speaks conversational English but may struggle with some pronunciation and some grammar and stuff like that. Just read the Bible with them. And... Philippe and Chris will simultaneously be studying with them in Portuguese and establishing a new cell uh, for our Renovo church. New cell, meaning new house right. church. Like a new house church in that community. In that community of about 5,000 people, there are no churches. So, um, you know, if you live there, you have to drive uh, about 15 minutes back into town to get to a church. So the whole idea is we, without traveling there, can get on Zoom, interface, uh, whatever you call it, WebEx, and share Christ through reading the Bible with these people who aren't Christians, planting the seeds of faith, and then Chris and Philippe are, are going to follow up. up. Mm-hmm. We can partner with that. That's, that's incredible. If you can speak English, if you can be friendly, and if you can read and if you can turn on your computer, we can teach you how to do that. That's an incredible way. And it will be a, such a support to Nathan to have us partnering with him like that. Mm-hmm. And, and we're talking about an hour a week. you know. So once a week, you arrange a time where you log on and you read the Bible with, with your partner. And, um, you know, it's not a, like, there's no pressure. It's not like... There's not an agenda. You're not, like, trying to get them baptized. You know, that's what Chris and Philippe and Chris are there that's their job. doing. You're just being a friend and sharing the Bible with them. So if, if you want to do that, and you should, this is incredible. He's got a booth back there. He's going to be standing back there. We have to close now. Um, but I want you to go back there and talk to Nathan, pray with Nathan, Sign up for Let's Start Talking. Um, what we want to do now is say a prayer over Nathan. Now this Nathan says, Eddie, I have to say this before we close. Anything else? So once I leave, which is tomorrow, um, if you want more information, Linda Gearhart knows all about Let's Start Talking. She's a great resource, uh, someone to talk to in the meantime. So Nathan's going to stand down here. I'm going to ask everybody that can to come and gather around him. Mark Bush, one of our shepherds, is going to lead us in a prayer. So let's gather around Nathan. Let's pray for him. After that prayer, 
after that prayer, um, we're going to continue in a prayer song. There's so much more we need to be praying about. We know what that is. Let's be going to one another. Let's be praying for one another. If Tad is here, let's certainly pray for Wilhelm and his children. And uh, um, we also want to lift up Kendi, who is newly baptized. We want our youth group to gather around her and pray. Let's gather around Nathan and um, Mark, if you'd lead us in that prayer. Lord, we are so thankful for, uh, for Nathan and for Amoyo and Anna and Phoebe and for the work that they're doing in Angola. And Lord, we are so thankful that they are finally actually there and able to continue this good work that they've started. Lord, they have so much going on. And uh, amidst everything else going on with COVID and how it's impacting the nation there, as well as here and throughout Africa. And Lord, we just we pray for the, for the health and the well-being of everybody involved. Lord, we pray for the people of Wambu, Angola, for the people that are going to be reached through this ministry, through LAMP International, through the other countries throughout Luso Africa, for the, uh, for the relationships that are being built, um, just one being with the uh, teacher, with Anna's teacher, and uh, with the, the way that he's able to blend into the society there. And Lord, we just, we pray that this continues to grow uh, exponentially, Lord, um, with the let's start talking. Let's we, we just pray that uh, there are those here that are able to uh, interface with them and with Philippe and Chris and the work that they're doing in the village or in the town. And we just we pray that the church plant there is successful and that many more souls are brought to you, Lord, who would not be otherwise. Again, Lord, we just, we're just we so thankful for everything that is going on with this ministry, and we just pray that we're able to, uh, to continue to watch this grow as it has. We also pray for Nathan's safe travels as he continues his journey back across the States until he's reunited with his family there in Angola. And Lord, we, we also just want to take a moment to... Th- uh, ask a special blessing for a few that are on our list, the King and the uh, Leaming family, uh, also with Tad and, and with Wilhelm. Uh, pray for his uh, recovery, Lord, and also for the recovery of Mark Kipp from his surgery. And we are so, so thankful and, and blessed by Candy Mello's baptism this morning. One more soul in, in your hands, Lord. Lord, continue to go with us throughout this day, and it's through your Son we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.